Um, but today we're continuing in our, our Big Five series, and these are the five biggest questions that we should be asking ourselves every day. The five questions that Jesus asked, the five questions, you, you get asked tons of questions, um, you, you, you're constantly answering questions, but these are the five things that you really need to answer every day. And so, so number one was, who do you say that I am? And that question is just this, who is Jesus to you? Is Jesus just a, a self-help guy? Is Jesus just somebody who's here to make your life a little bit better? Or is Jesus your true king, your Messiah? And so that, that's the first, that's the most important question. I hope you're here today because Jesus is your Lord and Messiah. The second question, do you understand what I have done for you? As, as we were singing just a minute ago, we were singing the song Oceans. And it made me remember two and a half, three years ago um, when we were in some transition here in the church and, and I was personally in some transition and there were a lot of nights that I would get in my car at 11 p.m. after you guys were all asleep and I would drive around because I just needed to hear from God. And I remember many nights where God spoke to me through that song and through many others that do you understand what I've done for you? That's not just what Jesus did on the cross and, and in the resurrection so long ago, but that's the fact that God is at work every day in our lives. Do you see God at work in your life? And that, and that leads us to our third question. See, here's the thing. We actually have the Spirit of God. If you have accepted Christ as your Messiah, if your answer to number one is that Jesus is your Lord and Messiah, then you actually have the Spirit of God living in you and at work in you, working. So do you understand what I've done? But that leads us to today's question, which is this. Are you listening to me? Now, this is a question I hear all the time. <laughs> I'm not such a good listener, I'm gonna be honest. In fact, Adam said something to me earlier and I was sitting over here and it took me like a minute to, to actually filter it and listen. Maybe you're like me, maybe you get asked this question all the time. I get asked it by my wife all the time. Hey, are you listening? I'm talking to you, are you listening? I got asked it by my teachers all the time. And the answer was usually no. <laughs> but are you listening to me? See, it's one thing to understand that God is at work in you, but th that God is working for you, but, but it's another thing to understand that God wants to do work in you. See, I think it's easy for us as Christians to think about the fact that, that God is working for us. You're my Messiah, you're my Lord, so go to work, Lord, make everything work out, take care of all my problems, do all that good stuff. But, but today is not about that part. Today is about what God is doing in us. And so I want us to think about those two words, what God does for us versus what God does in us. See, the Holy Spirit is at work not just for us, working things for the good of those who love him, but the Holy Spirit is at work in us, transforming us, and changing us into the image of God. That's why this is so important today, that as we open God's word, as we sing together, as we shake each other's hand, as we worship together in everything we do, God's spirit is at work in us, 
transforming us, doing something to us today. And so I want to look at Matthew chapter 17. <coughs> I want to look at Matthew chapter 17. And I'll read this, and you can follow along with me. It says this. This is our story for today. And, and, and the third question, I just want to lay it all out there for you. The third question is actually not a question in Scripture. It's, a, it's, a, it's an imperative or a statement. But, but we turned it into a question because it works better for the big five, right? But read this with me. So after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of, of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. So, so this, this is the third passage we're looking at. This is known as the, the transfiguration. This is a big moment in Scripture. And, and this pas passage actually happens our first week. We, we talked about the question, do you, um, who do you say that I am? And Jesus had asked his disciples, he said, who do others say that I am? And they answered the question. He said, no, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah. You're the Son of God. And, and so this passage, this part actually happens about a week after that moment. So Peter has declared that Jesus is Messiah, Jesus is King, and about a week later, Jesus takes three of his disciples and says, come with me up on this mountain, I'm going to show you something. And so they go up on the mountain, and, and there it says that Jesus was transfigured, he was transformed, and they, they saw the glory of God shining through him. He was different, and, and they saw the glory of God, and then, and then Moses and Elijah show up. This is a big deal. We're going to talk about this here in a minute, and, and Peter, awestruck, says, hey, this is good for us. Why don't I build a shelter for the three of you? This is a good thing, and then we hear God say this, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased Listen to him. So I, I want us to look at this kind of more in depth. And I want us to see three things that happen because as we ask the question, are you listening to me? I want us to see three things that happen in this story that are important for us to understand and learn from as we learn to listen to Jesus. So the first thing is this. In verse 2, it says, there he was transfigured before him. He was transformed. So, so Peter has declared Jesus is Messiah. About a week later, Jesus says, come with me up on this mountain. They go up on the mountain, and there Jesus is transformed, transfigured. It says that, that a light was shining through him. And, and, and so we understand that, that something big happens here. The word that's used there is metamorpho. I'm, I'm going to geek out a little bit on some wordage here. The, the word used there is metamorpho, which means transformed, changed. 
And I want you to remember this word because this is important a little bit later. But Jesus is changed. He, he's transformed into divine brightness is, is what one, how one author put it. See, up to this point, Peter and the disciples, they've been following Jesus. And he's been a man just like them. I mean, he's done some miracles. He's done some cool things. He's not any ordinary man, but he's been a man. They go up on this mountain, and all of a sudden, he's transformed, transfigured to, sh to show the glory of God. Like, think about this. If We see this sometimes in movies, but think about this. If, if somebody you knew that you had walked with for years, all of a sudden was transformed into this, I mean, this glorified light shining through them. I mean, this is huge. And so the first thing we see is that, that they saw the true glory of God shining in Jesus. He was transformed. This had to be amazing. The second thing we see is that Jesus is then joined by Moses and Elijah. But the second thing we see is this, that God elevates Jesus above the others. So I was thinking about this. I, I, I want to get you on board with me here. You guys know I'm a big Shaquille O'Neal fan, right? Greatest basketball player to ever play the game. In my mind. <laughs> I was thinking about this. This would be like, hey, I'm hanging out with Shaq because I really want to hang out with Shaq. I really do. I mean, that, that's like a life goal of mine. If any of you know him, talk to him. None of you know him. But I want to hang out with Shaq. And it's like if I'm hanging out with Shaq and he says, hey, Come up here to the top of the, the hotel with me. Come up here with me. All right, I'm coming with you. Who's the greatest player ever? You are, Shaq. Nobody could stop you. They changed the rules for you. They, you were so unstoppable that they had to change the game of basketball. Come with me. Come with me. Takes me up to this, the top of this hotel. And all of a sudden, a couple other guys walk out. They're kind of a big deal. Michael Jordan maybe LeBron James. Those guys are pretty good, right? And there's Shaq, and there's Jordan, and there's LeBron James, and all of a sudden, I'm not just hanging out with the greatest of all time, but I'm hanging out with Michael Jordan and LeBron as well. Are any of you wanting to throw anything at me right now? <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, Shaq, you know, if you don't know anything about Shaq, he always, his thing was he was Superman. He had the tattoo and all of his cars had the Superman logo because he had this superhuman strength and all of a sudden Shaq has changed and all of a sudden I realized the reason he was so good is because he really is different than everyone else. Boom, I see Shaq in all of his glory. And then, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I, I, <laughs> this is a ridiculous metaphor, I'm sorry, but let's, let's just say like Jerry West, you know, the, you know, he comes down the logo and says, hey, here's Shaq, this is the man. You knew it all along. Now, I know that you guys don't agree with me on Shaq being the best, and I don't even believe that, to be honest. But think about this moment. Jesus takes the, the disciples. Peter has said, you're the Messiah. You're my Lord. And, and Jesus takes him up on this mountain, and all of a sudden, he's joined by Moses and Elijah. Now, Moses and Elijah, in, in basketball terms for me, would represent these great players I mean, these guys knew God's word. They, they knew the, the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. They knew about Moses, who had lived about 1,400 years before. They knew about Elijah, who had lived about 900 years before. 
And, and these two guys were pillars of the faith. And so Jesus is joined by these two great heroes of the faith. And, and all of a sudden, Jesus is changed, transfigured. I mean, just put your, I don't know what this is for you. I don't know if it's Shaq and Jordan and LeBron. I don't know what it is for you, but put yourself in this position that he's there with Jesus. And all of a sudden, great heroes of the faith show up. And all of a sudden, Jesus has changed. This is incredible. This is awesome. And so Peter, as he always does, he has to open his mouth. And he says, this is good for us to be here. Yeah, thank you, Captain Obvious. This is good for us to be here. Now, hey, how about I build a shelter for the three of you? That's very nice of you to offer, Peter. Now, there's a lot of people that believe that, that Peter was trying to put these three on equal ground. There's a lot of people that believe that Peter was trying to just prolong this experience, this amazing experience. Why wouldn't he? But, but basically, Peter says, let me put you three on equal, let, let me build you a shelter. And then all of a sudden, the cloud shows up and the Father God shows up. And we hear the voice and these words are familiar. This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. And so see, we see two heroes of the faith and we see Jesus and Jesus is transformed and God, the Father, elevates Jesus above the others and says, these guys are great, but this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. This is the guy. This is Jesus. This is the Messiah. See, they had acknowledged that, but this was Jesus being transformed into God's image. This is the guy. That's the second thing. The third thing is this. God directs them to listen to him. The, this is the, a Greek present imperative. I told you I didn't listen in school. I don't even know what that means. But what it means is it's a command. Listen to him. And this command, actually, it doesn't mean listen to him right now. It means keep listening. Always listen. Listen to Jesus. And so Jesus has changed. We see the glory of God shown through Jesus. Jesus is elevated. He's above Moses and Elijah. He is the one true God, the Messiah. Listen to him. Now, these are huge things. See, see God doesn't say acknowledge Jesus. We did that week one. Acknowledge Jesus as Messiah. God doesn't just say bow down. God says, listen to him. And, and so, are you listening to me? I want to take those three things and I want to look at them a little bit deeper. Because I think if we are going to be transformed into the image of God, we have to learn to hear God's voice, to hear Jesus clearly speaking to us. And leading us. So the first thing was that Jesus is transformed. Why is this big? Well, think about this. For the disciples, like I said, they had followed a man. Sure, he was extraordinary. He did miracles. But all of a sudden, this man that was the Messiah, 
was transformed into the glory of God, metamorpho. And so they've seen miracles, they've acknowledged him as Messiah, but now they actually see that he is fully God. See, one thing I want us to understand today is that Scripture is very clear that our faith is not just a commitment or an acknowledgement or a pledge, but that God is at work transforming us. So they see Jesus transformed. We are to be like Jesus. We are to be transformed. This is huge. Don't miss this. We are to be transformed. God is at work today, right now, changing us into the image of God. I'm not saying that you're Jesus. I'm not saying that you're going to become God. But I'm saying that today, if you are listening to God, God is at work transforming you into his image. This is good stuff. See, our journey starts as we proclaim Christ as Lord of our lives. We grow as we see God's active work for and in us. We are transformed into his image as we learn to hear from God and obey his commands. I talked about the word metamorpho. That's used three times in scripture. I want you to hear the other two. One of them is Romans chapter 12 verses 1 to 2 that says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Are you getting this? The transfiguration that they saw in Jesus, God wants to do in us. God wants to transform us the other time. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Listen, can you imagine this scene up on the mountain? Jesus is transformed. Moses and Elijah are there. Jesus is elevated. I want you to understand that today, I don't know why you came to church. I hope you came to church to worship God, to hear from God, and to be transformed. God wants to do something in us today. God wants to change us so that it's not just Alex the imperfect, flawed mess of a man, but that I become the image of God every single day. See, the truth is, I'm pretty imperfect. A couple days ago, my kids were all fighting. I've been sick for four weeks. I'm tired. Hadn't slept enough. And all of a sudden, I lost my temper. It's not good if you're a father to lose your temper. And I knew immediately that that was flawed, imperfect Alex. 
But here's the thing. God's doing something in me. God's changing me. And you know what? I believe that God can transform me to be so much more than just a flawed man who gets up and cries in front of you every week. But that God wants me to become the glory of God to my kids, to the people here at church, to the people at the store. God is transforming us. The second thing we see is that Jesus is above all else. God elevates Jesus. Listen, I want you to understand something today. When we ask the question, are you listening to me? There are many, many different things, different people that you can listen to. But this story makes it incredibly clear that the number one thing that you should be listening to is Jesus. You all have family. And your family has things to say. And I hope your family has good things to say. My, my family always has things to say. They tell me what I should do. They, you have family. You have friends that have advice for you. I hope your friends give you good advice. Maybe you're into podcasts. Maybe, maybe you're into listening to sermons. And that's a good thing. There are many people that have things to say. There's, there's leadership gurus who, who are teaching you to be a better leader. There's, there's all of these different things. There's authors, there's books. There's so many different people and things that are teaching you, speaking to you. The number one thing you should be listening to is Jesus. And if any of those things are pointing you anywhere other than where Jesus is pointing you, don't listen. Jesus is above all others, Messiah, King, Son of God, and that's who we need to be listening to. I'm going to be really honest with you. I, I have this struggle, and that's the struggle of social media. I've talked about this a hundred times to you, but one of the things that I see is a lot of other pastors really like to get on social media and, and, and talk about things that are happening and and maybe even share the good things that are happening. And I have this internal struggle because I understand that it's a positive thing for the church, for people to see what God's doing. And I understand that if I share what God's doing, then, then that can be a positive thing. But here's the problem that I see. I don't ever want this to be about me. And I'm afraid that our culture has gotten to the place where we elevate ourselves, we elevate our churches above Jesus. And if we're doing that, we're making a huge, huge mistake. Every week we hear about Christian leaders that are falling to sin or, or quitting their faith. Do you know why? Because they're forgetting that their faith is in Jesus and they're putting their faith in themselves. Listen, I'm not saying if you post on social media, you're bad. I'm just saying that I want to hear Jesus, and I want to represent Jesus more than anything else. I, I don't need any credit. I don't deserve any credit. God is at work. It's not me. And so Jesus is above all others. The truth is there are many Christian books that don't jive with who Jesus is and what Jesus teaches us. There are many leadership 
coaches, there are many things that advice, things that you'll get that do not jive with who Jesus is and what Jesus wants for you. So here's the thing. I believe that God can speak to you through pastors. I hope God can speak to you through pastors. I believe that God can speak to you through good teachers, leadership gurus. I believe that God can speak to you through your friends and your family. But all of it has to be viewed in accordance with Jesus Christ. And if anything you're hearing or following does not lead you to where Jesus is, you need to ditch it. And you need to first and foremost be listening to Jesus. There are many ways that we can hear God speak to us, but these have to be filtered through Jesus, which means they need to be filtered through the lens of Scripture, because Scripture is the best way to know the character and the will of God. Think about this moment. Moses and Elijah show up, right? And Jesus is there. And what happens? Do they fight with each other? Do they argue over who's better? No. You know why? Moses and Elijah came to point the way for Jesus. All of Scripture points us to Jesus. So if you're struggling with a, with a teaching, if you're struggling with something someone's saying to you, you know where you need to go? You need to go to God's Word. And you need to understand who Jesus is, and you need to filter that through Him. Uh, Hal Perkins says this, The Scriptures are God's Word intended to reveal a person. See, Scriptures aren't a means to an end. Scriptures are there to help us know God and know God's will. And so the scriptures are where we can go when we have questions, when we get advice, when we're hearing things. So number two, number two, Jesus is who we need to be listening to first and foremost. Number three, we've got to listen to him. Now, you may be asking yourself today, how can I do that? I can't even listen to my teachers. I can't even listen to my wife. I can't even listen to my husband. I can't even listen to your sermons. Nobody laughed at that. <laughs> you guys are all asleep. Good. <laughs> how, can I, how can I listen to Jesus when I can't even listen to a 30-minute, 35-minute sermon? How can I listen to Jesus when I can't even hear what my wife says to me? I got good news for you. Jesus has promised us his spirit in John chapter 14. It says this, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives in you, with you and will be in you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, this is verse 26, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So if we need to hear from Jesus, the good news is we have the Holy Spirit in us to remind us, to teach us what Jesus thinks and who Jesus is. Good news today. The Spirit, if you claim Jesus is your Messiah, if you're living for Christ, is in you and is working to teach you to transform you. You aren't left on your own to figure this journey out. God's Spirit wants to lead you and guide you. What you need to do is learn to listen. 
What does that look like? I want to tell you a couple quick stories. I go to a barber shop just down Cox Road around a corner. And about a year and a half ago, I was going to this barber shop and I had a guy cutting my hair. And he started to mention things about, about God and about Scripture when he found out I was a pastor. And so I started to hear Jesus speaking that I needed to find ways to, to share Christ with him. And so I, I tried. Maybe, maybe I didn't do it the right way. Maybe I was too passive. You know what happened to him? He passed away on Christmas Eve last year, unexpectedly. And you know what I, I just thought when I heard that and every day since then is, I've got to be listening to the Spirit because I want to make sure that every opportunity I have to share Christ with someone, that I do it, that I'm obedient. So let me tell you the second part of the story. I've got another barber now. And, and he just got married two weeks ago. And I had the opportunity to do his wedding because I was in the barber shop. And I'll be honest with you, you guys know me. I'm not a, a, I'm not a person that likes chit chat. When I go to the barber shop, I want to sit there, I want to zone out, and I want to get my hair cut, and then I want to leave. I don't, I don't really want to talk a bunch. I don't ever want to talk a bunch, other than when I'm up here. But all of a sudden, I, I'm sitting in the chair, and he's talking about getting married. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing little clues from the Spirit that maybe I need to say something. Maybe I need to offer to be a part of this. And so I just said, hey, man... If you need someone, I know you got someone, but if you need something, if something falls through, let me know. I'm here. And the next day, I got a call from my barber, and he said, it fell through. I need you. And I said, sweet, awesome. And so a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go down to Fairfield and stand with 20 people that I really don't know that well and share Jesus with them through a wedding listening to the Spirit. Listen, if you're, if you're training yourself to hear God's Word, if you're training yourself to hear from Jesus, the Spirit will guide you to be transformed. I could tell you story after story. I won't, but I could tell you story after story of times that I haven't listened well and times that I've heard God speak and I've followed and been obedient. Here's the thing. You never know what God may want to do through something that the Holy Spirit nudges you to. You never know what just speaking, just saying something when the Spirit nudges you, what that will lead to. The hope is that that will lead to God transforming lives. Listen to the Spirit. How can we learn to hear Jesus? Well, number one, we have to prioritize our lives in a way that allows us to hear Jesus First, you may want to write some of these things down. How can we hear Jesus? We've got to hear Jesus first. This may mean that you have to eliminate some distractions. Like I said, I get asked the question all the time, are you listening to me? I usually say, yeah, I'm listening. And then I usually prove that I wasn't listening. You know why I struggle to listen most of the time? Because I'm on my phone or I'm watching a TV show, I'm watching football, 
and I'm not really paying attention to the questions that are being asked me. I think that happens with us, with God. That God's speaking to us, but we are too distracted, we are too focused on other things to hear what God's saying. This may mean changing your schedule. You know what I found? Is that when I spend time with Jesus first thing in the morning, it changes my attentiveness and my hearing all day long. You may have to change your schedule. You absolutely have to know God's word, study it, memorize it, know who God is through God's word. Know God's word. This means that you need to constantly be in prayer. I'm not talking about having your hands folded, walking around like this. I'm not talking about closing your eyes while you're driving. That's a bad idea. I'm talking about a constant conversation with God. Constantly, the next point I have is practice, practice, practice. Ask the questions, ask the questions, ask the questions, and listen over and over again. Because God wants to speak. Jesus wants to transform you. And if you will just open your mind, open your heart, eliminate the distractions, and practice listening, I promise you that God's going to be at work. And the last thing is accountability. Yesterday, as Megan was leaving for somewhere, she said, can you have Sam unload the dishwasher? Can you have Eli go out to the car and get this? And I said, yes. She left. I said, Eli, go get this. He said, okay. And Sam's up in his room. Sam, go unload the dishwasher. Okay. Ten minutes go by. Hey, have you gone out to the car yet? Have you unloaded the dishwasher? No, not yet. I will. Go do it. Ten minutes later. Have you done it? accountability. And guess what? Neither of them got done by the time Megan got home. We are here to hold each other accountable. We need to know God's word. We need to listen to God's voice, but we need every day to hold each other accountable. You have people all, look around, look around you right now. Look around. You're not looking around. Do I have to call you out? These people are all walking the same journey as you. And guess what? You can share your faith with each other. You can share what God's saying to you with each other. And you can hold each other accountable. So we've got to train ourselves to listen to Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus, you have to learn to hear his voice and respond in obedience. I have this crazy thought that if every single one of us in here if every single one of us in here, every day this week, every day this month, would ask God to speak to us, would practice studying God's word, would pray daily, would listen for God's voice, I think God wants to do some incredible things through this church and through us. I believe that there's a lot of barbers and a lot of coworkers and a lot of family members, and a lot of people that are struggling that God wants to change through us. What that takes is us listening to Jesus because God is at work transforming us into his image. And so the band's gonna come up here at the end. I wanna pray for us. And then as the band plays some music, there's going to be a prayer coming across the screen. And what I want you to do is just practice this. I want you to practice this. 
just listening to Jesus. I want you to ask God to speak to you. I want you to hear God's voice. Maybe not audibly, but hear God speaking to you. And I want you to obey, Father. I thank you that Jesus came to earth, that Jesus died for us, that Jesus rose from the dead, but that Jesus is still at work through your Holy Spirit every day here and now. Father, I thank you that you're constantly speaking to me, whether it's little nudges or whether it's clear directives to follow you. And I believe that, Lord, that you're speaking to each and every one of us. And so, Father, I pray right now, I pray in the days to come, I pray, Lord, that we will hear your voice. You're our Messiah. You're our King. You're at work for us, Lord. But you want to be at work in us, transforming us into your image and your glory. So, Lord, we listen to you now as we pray this prayer in Jesus' name.